0: Alright, so guys and gals, I'm going to play for you some news clips to start off with. I got three while I'm lighting the magical uh, ceremonial stogie, and then we'll get into this.
1: In the meantime, a quick summary of the cases where there are questions of fact. Let's take Wisconsin, where the Constitution does not allow early voting except under the strictest of application processes. Yet hundreds of thousands of early vote ballots were given out in violation of the state's law. Let's move to Nevada, where hundreds of thousands of ballots have been cast by people that were out of state, at non-existent addresses, or dead. Next is the Georgia case of the very unequal double standard for signature verification for in-person ballots versus mail-in ballots. And the Pennsylvania case, which is in front of the Supreme Court as an issue of law. This based on the state's very explicit limits on mail-in voting. And if that isn't enough to meet the threshold of doubt, add to it concerns of software glitches, flipped votes, suspicions in the chain of custody, the double counting, the backdating, the mysterious case of thousands of mail-in ballots without creases or folds, oh, and the sudden appearance of pristine completed ballots stuffed in suitcases. Evidence of irregularities and manipulations is in our face. Yet Democrats and the mainstream media continue to report that there is no evidence of massive voter fraud. And the idea that it could be of magnitude to flip the outcome in any state is laughed at. Now, I'm no mathematical expert, but the tainted ballots in just one state alone add up to more than 150,000 votes.
0: Hey. <laughs> Sorry, pardon me. That clip was... uh called Art of the Steel, and it was on um well it's on donald trump's youtube page Donald J Trump, but it's from uh one American news <laughs> P- pretty uh, pretty interesting there what she had to say this next two minute clip, oh gosh this is gonna this piss ticked me off. I don't know if we're allowed to see pissed on rumble. I don't think we are.
2: Here's the headline today from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. Turnout in Georgia, U.S. Senate runoff. Approaches presidential levels. With 18 days left until election day 1.1 million uh, Georgians have turned out to vote in Georgia's two Senate runoff elections. That is almost as many as the number of Georgians who had voted in the presidential election this many days out. Now that news comes just as we learned that nearly 76,000 new voters, most of them young, have been registered to vote since the general election cutoff earlier this year.
0: Now, and a halt, stop, in a woe, That uh, seventy-six thousand is interesting because as soon as as soon as, as it was learned that there was going to be that there might gonna be a runoff Democrats started encouraging people to flock to Georgia to vote in these two uh, in these yeah, two Senate runoff races that's thing number
2: 1 for context Seventy six thousand is roughly seven times the margin that Joe Biden won the state of Georgia by earlier this year, which may be why Georgia Republicans have spent the last week in court doing everything in their power to try and make it harder for people in that state to cast their ballots. Just yesterday, two federal judges had to throw.
0: Okay. I don't know what the merits were that these cases were thrown out on. A lot of the Trump lawsuits, the ones that were actually filed by the Trump team, this is a different story, but they were thrown out on procedural grounds, not on merit. So I don't know if these cases that he's talking about, this is from PMSNBC, and uh, this is part of the Rachel Maddow show, so... You know how biased this report is. But the reason the Republicans are filing these lawsuits, they're not making it harder. They're trying to make people follow the law.
2: Throw out not one, but two different Republican lawsuits challenged, challenging the way Georgia collected and verified absentee ballots. Then the Republican Party of Georgia filed... Yet another lawsuit challenging the state's absentee ballots. Today, that lawsuit was also denied. All of this is happening, as the president seems to all but have abandoned the two Republican candidates in Georgia. That's because not true.
0: He has encouraged on Twitter uh, for people to go and vote for uh, these two Republicans in Georgia. Uh, one's Kelly Loeffler. Loff, Loffler? whatever. I ain't gonna try their names. Uh he was down there doing a campaign rally in the cold. Uh and there were tens of thousands of people there uh to see him. I don't know how many people showed up to this Joe Biden drive up rally. Uh yes, Democrats are pouring everything into this so they could get a House and Senate and uh, screw America up royally.
2: He continues to feud with Georgia's governor and the Secretary of State, both Republicans. Trump is angry about their refusal to help him try and overturn the results of the presidential election. The New York...
0: Now, that's true. Trump is at war with the Georgia governor and at... The rally for these two Republican senators, uh, he alluded that uh, somebody down there that's supporting him needs to run for governor. I forget which uh, politician it was, but there's one Georgia Republican he named that needs to run against the Republican governor of Georgia.
2: Times reporting today that Mr. Trump had been tentatively planning to go to Georgia on Saturday according to a senior Republican official but he's still angry at the state's Republican governor and
0: an unnamed senior Republican official. Now Mike Pence was in Georgia for a rally Uh, in the place of Trump. And Trump is like in Washington right now, just kicking everyone's butt. So uh, that may be why he didn't go to Georgia. But he was there a week or two ago, campaigning like the Dickens for these two Republicans.
2: Secretary of State for accepting the election result and simply doesn't want to make the trip. End quote. Democrats, by contrast, are putting everything they've got into supporting Democratic candidates Raphael Warnock and John Ossoff. Earlier this week, President-elect Joe Biden held a drive-in rally for Ossoff and Warnock while also releasing a one-minute TV ad endorsing the two candidates. Today, it was reported that former President Barack Obama will cut three separate political ads for Raphael Warnock, and next week, Kamala Harris will be headed to the Peach State to throw her support behind the two candidates.
0: The state of Georgia is redder. Let me tell you something. That state is redder than the rednecks that live there. Okay. And redneck is not a derogatory term, by the way. It's a term of endearment. Uh, If you're a Jeff Foxworthy fan, and I are one. This is very interesting uh The next thing is the British Prime Minister talking about the uh, mandatory changes to Christmas in the United Kingdom. Some state governors have and you know blue city officials uh have put in their own set of rules for christmas and new years um here in ohio we have more like recommendations but the local county health departments have already told like told us batting down the hatches because uh they fear that people are going to congregate families at Christmas and New Year's and January. We're going to see another spike, but this is the British prime minister uh, talking about what they're going to do. Maybe
2: given the early evidence we have on this new variant of the virus, the potential risk it poses. uh, It is with a very heavy heart. I must tell you, we cannot continue with Christmas as planned. In England, those living in Tier 4 areas should not mix with anyone outside their own household at Christmas, though support bubbles will remain in place for those at particular risk of loneliness or isolation. Across the rest of the country, the Christmas rules allowing up to three households to meet will now be limited to Christmas Day only, rather than the five days as previously set out. As before, there will be no relaxation on the 31st of January, so people must not break the rules at New Year.
0: Isn't that amazing? I really, really find that amazing. Now, how those uh, rules that... uh, He just talked about are enforced. You know, that's the real crux of the biscuit. And um that's really what that's really What it comes down to. Um, You know, here in the United States, I mean, I see these these rules passed out by governors and mayors. Pardon me. And I hear sheriffs, local law enforcement officers in some places saying, we're just not going to do it. We've got better things to worry about. I, you know, IDK, I don't know. So, that's Um And on, on honestly, uh, since I'm on a platform now where this won't get banned, <coughs> they did 15 days to slow the spread. I know everyone's talking about this. Nine months ago, they, Dr. Fauci... Said, don't wear a mask. Masks are bad. Masks cause you to rub your face, rub your eyes, blah, blah, blah. Just stay six feet apart so that you're not breathing on each other. Then, you know, a few months go by, well, that didn't help. So, oh, now everyone should wear a mask. And, you know, I've worn mine ever since it became mandated in Ohio, uh, now, I mean, businesses won't let you in. Um, One of the churches I attend, the pastor's wife is adamant; She does not wear a mask. And, you know, they they believe they're protected by God from this illness. I believe I'm protected by God from this illness. Uh, He, the pastor himself said he's prayed over you know, stood, put hands on, prayed with, however you want to say it. He's prayed over 14 people with this virus. He's like, do you do you know how many times I should have been quarantined after praying for 14 people that were diagnosed with this, and he he hasn't gotten sick. Uh, you know, hasn't shown any symptoms. Um, you know, I'm in in public exposed to people all the time, haven't been sick back when in April, when they said, Oh my gosh, brace yourself. These are going to be the two deadliest weeks of the disease. Everyone stay home. Everything that they could close down, they closed down. I was out working and there, there were days when I was like in anxiety mode uh, because I'm like, man, I'm I'm going to die. I'm going to catch this. I'm going to die. I'm going to, you know, be on a ventilator and all this other stuff. No mask, only social distancing. Um, and never got sick. God willing. Praise God. Unbelievable. So, anyways, we got we got China gone wild here, uh, and they're bragging about it. You know, the th- funny thing is, you know, conservatives, uh, non-communists, we for some reason think we have to be incognito, uh, do things quietly. Communists are like, "Yeah, this is what we're gonna do. We're doing it. They said a few weeks ago, we have you know spies and this and that all over the place so eric Congressman Eric Swalwell did have sexual relations with the Chinese spy uh Fang Fang. This is like a straight up woman posing as a a hooker to the stars to get into bed with congressmen. This is like, okay, it's the world's oldest profession, prostitution. Now, maybe she was just, you know, pretending to be his lover. Maybe he wasn't paying her for sex, but I'm sure there was either direct or indirect exchange somewhere along the line of you know, goods and services. And this is like the oldest spy trick in the game. They get the beautiful woman. This goes back thousands of years. They get the pretty woman to lay down in bed with the man, the politician, the king, whatever you want to call him. And she seduces him and she whispers in his ear, and she gets him to, you know, a little pillow talk, they used to call it. Tel, tell me a little something, something. You know, get, what's going on? Oh, baby, that's so interesting. Oh, you're so I- important and powerful. And tell me more. Tell me more about how how important your job is. And next thing you know, the guy's like spilling his guts to this woman. And this, it, this idiot, Eric Swalwell, fell for it should be kicked out of Congress immediately. Uh, In other news with uh, China, Trump signed a bill to kick Chinese uh, companies off of the stock exchange if they don't follow United States audit laws. Now that's good, you know, because the Chinese companies are so good at cooking the books So many products, obviously, you know, in America are made or, uh, yes, yeah, sold in America, uh, made by American companies or, uh, over, <clears throat> made over in Japan or China. Japan was the 1980s. And they're just like throwing it in our faces. And, you know, they they use unfair labor practices. I mean, how impractical is it to, you would think, take raw materials, ship them to China, have them assembled in China, and then shipped back over across the ocean. But yet, you know, the, the way the Chinese companies do business, and it's so... Uh, wretched over there, that it's cheaper for companies to do this, and on top of that, they they rig the the uh, the books. They you know they'll tinker with our market, our stock market. So that's what this law is doing. It's taking some of that power to uh, inflate their numbers to drive up stock prices, or vice versa. Uh, It's taking some of that power away from these Chinese companies. My dog's running around playing with a toy, that's what I'm looking at. Uh, The Chinese Communist Party has been doing winter training in Canada, and Prime Minister of Canada, Justin Trudeau, Kept it covered up. Isn't that crazy? What were they training? She didn't say if it was military ops or cyber warfare or something. But the Chinese Communist Party has been in Canada training. And the Canadian Prime Minister, for whatever reason, has kept it covered up. Is he involved with the Chinese... Spy, a female Chinese spy, is literally in bed with the Chinese Communist Party. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Uh, Those things I just read to you. uh, The Eric Swalwell story. The Trump signs a bill to kick Chinese companies off of the stock exchange. And the Chinese Communist Party training in Canada. Basically at our front door. Uh, they were all reported by um, young a young lady. <clears throat> nice Christian lady it seems like. Who goes by the handle Taddy Talks. The first half of that is. T A T I Tatty and Tatty Talks. So you can look her up on YouTube or Rumble and get her channel. Fox News and Tim Poole uh, reported that Trump Trump to his supporters show up in DC on January 6th. I guess he put out a tweet that Uh, His supporters need to come to Washington, D.C. January 6th when Congress counts the electoral votes. And this is, um, I feel it's really Trump's last shot. (laughs) Not us going to Washington and rallying or protesting for Trump. But what I mean is Republicans in Congress need to grow a backbone and object to these electoral votes. Seven states have sent dueling electors. If Republican congressman and a republican senator join up and object to let's just say all seven and say we've got two sets of electors neither should be recognized Mike Pence can well the House and the Senate will have to go to their separate chambers and vote on each objection Mike Pence I guess can throw out the electors, and then Biden wouldn't be at 270 anymore—the 270 electoral votes it takes to win—and there still are time there. There is still time for the lawsuits that are going on by the Trump campaign and others. To be at the Supreme Court, to be heard or not, to be ruled on or not, pardon me, and and those things. But really, objections on January 6th are our last hope. And the Democrats and the Antifas, and whatever else you want to call them, they've got. Uh, people scared in Washington. Uh, allegedly, you know, John Roberts could be heard yelling behind closed doors when the Supreme Court decided not to hear the Texas case. Someone in the room said, you know, well, you were there for Bush B. Gore. Uh, you know, you were part of Bush's legal team or something. A lot of these people that were on the Supreme Court were part of Bush's legal team in Bush, or, yeah, Bush versus Gore in Florida, and they, uh, John Roberts said, yeah, but we didn't have riots back then, so why are the Democrats allowed to scare the Dickens out of Republicans and conservatives, and Republicans and conservatives just sit back there and take it, and, like, everything's like, okay, you know, we lost this battle, we'll just move on, I'm not saying we should go and riot, that's childish, but I say, you know, let's rock this, let's show up for Trump on January 6th, because he's shown up for us for four years, we need to tell our congressmen to act on the behalf of real voters, people that actually voted, not dead people, not people that voted in two separate states, not people that, uh, you know, said their address was a parking lot in the middle of nowhere, Nevada. I'm still confused on this, because maybe it was only on his Blaze TV feed, but, uh, Steven Crowder was supposed to be in a Winnebago or something and driving around Nevada looking at all these uh, empty lots where people registered to vote. And I didn't see that live stream. I looked for it like heck on Thursday, couldn't find it. So anyway, it wasn't on YouTube that I saw is what I'm saying. Uh, But we need to show up in D.C. and tell Congress to find a buddy, tell your House of Representatives, tell your Senator, whatever, find a buddy on in the other chamber and get together and object to these electoral votes. Uh, You know, Trumpism carried the Republican Party back from the abyss. The Republican Party had no leadership. We had the same old, good old boys, Jeb Bush, Chris Christie, all these people that have been around for 10, 20, Jeb Bush goes back further than that, and I, you know, I used to love the Bush family, I still do, I don't believe everything I hear on the internet that they're evil, but, I'm starting to like them less and less, um, But anyway, Trump brought a new face to the Republican Party. They were laughed at. They were scoffed at in the primary by people like myself. And then it all started to change. When we really started to listen to Donald Trump and started to listen to his words, not the media's words, that they put in his mouth, it was like, wait a minute. This guy's making a lot of sense. And when he got... The economy rolling again. When... Every time they lift the lockdowns... The economy starts to rock again. It's like, man... This guy was right. He's the first president that I've ever heard of... That had a team of people... That went out and sought for peace. Others have a cabinet. And you're going to find out the, the hard way, idiots. You useful idiots. When Biden is elected. <sighs> his cabinet is a war cabinet. They're, they have... Ties to defense contractors, arms manufacturers, arms contractors. They're all war hawks. And we're going to be right back where we were. Fighting the world's problems. Fighting, being the world police like we were, like we were called in the early 2000s and 90s. America World Police. Actually quite a, quite the funny little, uh. I, don't know, what is it? I think they're marionettes. There was a, a movie made about it. It was all puppets or marionettes or claymation uh, called Team America World Police. Uh, pretty, pretty cute little movie. Uh, but anyways, that's what we, the way the United States was. We policed the world. And there was always a small elite group of people that benefited from that policing but Trump took that back, and he gave, he took the power away from the, the select few. And, you know, there's always going to be a rich-poor gap, okay? But with Trump, I'm talk with my hands here for a minute. With Trump, the people that were down here at the bottom, I know on the podcast you can't see me, but the people that were here at the bottom came up quicker. And the people at the top went up too, but they went up a little bit slower. That's never happened in uh, capitalism American history. And so there's always going to be a rich-poor gap. It doesn't matter if it's, you know, A mile wide or half a mile wide. There's always going to be a rich poor gap. Okay? Unless the socialist communists really get in there after these Georgia runoffs and uh, hell freezes over on January 20th and this uh, aged, demented old man gets sworn in. If all that happens... And we become communist here in America we um, will all be equally poor but as of right now it really matters not that there, there's a rich poor gap there always will be one but with Trump the bottom the bottom in, income earners that's what I'm trying to say they rose faster than the top income earners. Their income, their resources, their unemployment numbers, uh, their unemployment numbers went down and their income went up faster than the people at the top. Of course, the people at the top are usually the business owners. They don't have to worry about unemployment. But I, I think you know, on this January 6th, we do need to go down to DC We need the protests. We need civil disobedience. We're not Antifa. We're not wild and woolly like the Democrats. And the liberals. We're not going to bribe and burn stuff down. PMSNBC is all in a bunch. This is from the same Tim Pool report. They... Say that for months now, the Senate has agged on uh, us right wingers, the proud boys, which, and the Trumpists to riot by not acknowledging Joe Biden as president elect. Now, Joe Biden made up his own office, quote unquote, called the Office of the President elect. And the, the moral of the story is PMSNBC thinks that because the Senate refused to recognize Biden as the president-elect and different Republicans, but they said Senate, that that agged us on to riot and fight and so on and so forth. Now there was some dust-ups, some Donnie Brooks, uh, with a with uh, the the Proud Boys and the Conservatives at the last uh, Trump rally in D.C. Uh, when Antifa showed up. But for years and years, going back to the Battle of Seattle in like ninety-nine or two thousand. The mainstream media has basically ignored the left-wing Antifa rioters. Over the summer, when you had the fake George Floyd riots, and these were just riots for the sake of rioting, the, the media still called them peaceful protests. And yes, the number of peaceful protests outweighed the number of riots. But the riots caused billions of dollars in damages. The media tried to ignore it, even though there were buildings going up in flames in the background of their reports. They tried to pretend that they, they couldn't see them. Their reporters, well, the, the the protest is mainly peaceful, except that four or five buildings that are on fire behind me, but we'll pretend that's not happening. Come on, man. Uh, ask Andy No. Go to Andy No. His first name is Andy. That's easy. A-N-D-Y. His last name is spelled N-G-O. No. He's a Asian reporter who's been following the Antifa shenanigans in Seattle for 10 years or more. And they tried to kill him for exposing them. They they beat him severely, uh gave him temporary brain damage, maybe permanent brain damage, but I've seen him in interviews and I've seen his tweets and he's very intelligent, so uh hopefully the damage to his brain was not permanent. Uh but they beat this man nearly to death for exposing them and this this is the left wing radical group that joe biden says does not exist that antifa is merely an idea it's not a group unreal guys uh, un unbelievable it's unbelievable um And mind you, you know, Antifa went on during the Obama years. Uh, They were loud and proud and rioting during Obama. Um, And the the Obama-Biden administration, more importantly. The Obama-Biden administration. Baltimore happened under Obama and Biden. Ferguson under Obama and Biden. Uh, so, uh, and, and Tifa's just run amok in Seattle. There's, Seattle's just a joke. I feel sorry for anyone who lives there. I mean, y- you, can walk down the streets of Seattle, and you're more likely to find, a uh, a Nazi communist than you are to find a conservative. Un Unreal. So, this is what we're faced with, guys. If Trump does succeed in... God, please, 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 Lord. Please keep Donald Trump in office. But if he succeeds in overthrowing this fake election... The stolen election. Yes, there will be civil unrest. The liberals and the loony left will riot. And they will be put down. Trump won't play that this time. He will send in the National Guardsmen and the military and put these riots down. And good for him. And as Republicans, conservatives, Trumpism, we can't sink to their level. We do have to get loud again, like the Tea Party. The silent majority needs to speak up. But we don't need to smash things. We don't need to burn things. We do not need to be fools like the left. We're more intelligent than they are. We're more intelligent. But we need, to, we need to rise up. We've got to get these two Republicans elected in Georgia. We've got to make our congressmen and senators grow a backbone and fight for Trump on January 6th. And we need to be seen in the streets of Washington, D.C., proudly, peacefully protesting on behalf of the guy that stood the gap Between us and the socialist and the Marxist and the communist for the last four years. So, hey guys, if you're listening on the podcast and you're still here 40 minutes into this, uh, this was Panic Attack with Big John. If you are uh, on Rumble, This is Americana, the American Way. And you can find me on Parlor, Parlaying Away at The Real Big John. So pray for each other. God bless y'all. Have a wonderful, splendid, merry little Christmas to you. Where else can we talk about while I'm finding some music to play you guys out home on. Hmm? Everybody go on parlor. Get at at the real big John. Tell me your favorite Christmas present ever. Hey. <laughs> Texas for Christmas, you know, and I'm holding with my mom, Mexican friends uh, down there, and I uh, had a big old time, and uh, my cousin, on Christmas Day, home is right to the street, her uh, family in, in the middle his town, and that's, uh, and uh, her cousin, a long, two teenagers, a, 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 a 18 years and a lovely, teenage, bachelor girl and a 19-year-old. I learned my house from Christmas Day. And, and, third and, third. and uh, as you can see by the smile on my face and the real smile on my face, yeah, that's my favorite Christmas to this day. Goodbye. God bless. I love you. Bye.